Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode is my long-suffering friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Greetings, Mr. Harbin. What'd you have for supper tonight? Another family dared to have my my throng over, and so we went out there, and boy, there was food. Was it good food? We had the green beans, we had the big chicken legs, we had the roast beef, we had the potatoes. You had two types of meat? Two types of meat. This is a good host. My six foot three son ate it all. <laughs> and it, they were they live way out in the country. I drove we drove all the way there. It was good. I mean, I'm not complaining. Drove all the way back, drove by your house basically on the way back. Mm. Drove my family all the way home and I thought, oh boy, I'm done for tonight. No. It's time to record a podcast. I drove all the way back up to your place. Here I am. That's dedication. That is and I know you're dedicated. To pestering me into being here. I'm certainly glad you're here because I am excited to talk about Earth and Sun and Moon. I think I am too. Good. Let's get to it. Wait, that's not how I'm supposed to say it. <laughs> I'm supposed to say, Robin, <laughs> we've just been listening to Midnight Oil's 1993 release, Earth and Sun and Moon. Let's stick to the script. What do you think we're going to be talking about this episode? We're going to talk about what uh, was going on with Midnight Oil. Yeah. Some of the process. We got a little bit more insight into the studio process, thanks yep. to a little documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, perhaps more than many albums, Earth, Sun, and Moon was a reaction to their previous album, mm. maybe in an even bigger way than, I don't know, maybe than any of their other albums. Sure. Uh, so I think we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about uh, some of the distinct, I think, uh, lyrical themes on this album mm-hmm. and the distinct sound of this album. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. Okay. Oh, wow. Something's going down. Look out. Here come the cops. We need to address some business arising yes, from previous there is that episodes. Business. That's right. Apologies to any of you who have contacted me. Uh, I haven't kept track of things, but I tried a little harder this week. I hear, like, police. I hear fire trucks. And ambulances, maybe? Maybe they're all going to it. Cameron, let me know a little bit more about... um, So Pete was calling Place Without a Postcard. No, no. He's calling Brave Faces the song Place Without a Postcard. Did it? We were talking about this, weren't we? We were, yeah. In yeah. fact, I think I I was saying that that's what he was calling it, and you were saying something like, well, maybe he's calling it a place without a postcard song. But right. yes, what does Cameron have to say? Yeah, so Cameron says when he saw them uh, in the late 90s, the oils had this big wheel that we've talked about before, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, Cameron here's calling it the chocolate wheel. Yep. The big wheel, give it a spin, 64 songs on it. Yeah. And apparently Brave Faces w- were there. Yeah, it was called Postcard on the Wheel. On the Wheel of chocolate. But they would actually be playing Brave Faces. Yes. Yeah, when that spun. That'd be something else. In a way that's impressive, the band would have 64 songs ready to go. Yeah. And they give it a big spin and let 
that dictate the show. Yeah, even more so than what they're doing right now. Yeah. Like they've got like well over 100 yeah. ready to go and they just make up their set list, it seems like, every night. That's right. But just spinning it as yeah. we're going. So in a way, that's really cool. But at the same time, does it kind of indicate that maybe they're a little burned out or a little purposeless, like that they don't mm. feel they have, uh, I don't know, to me, it seems yeah. like it, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Mix, mixed bag. Yeah. Elvis Costello used to do that too. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's just a thing. Yeah. I, I can appreciate just being a thing. Yeah. You know, we're not touring in support of any particular album. Let's put up 64 of our favorite songs. Yeah. So that was one. And uh, Eric wrote to say that, hey, well, maybe we did deal with this. Google Play does not allow ratings at we all. Right? We did that. talk about yep. that. So when we ask you to rate, just might as well say it again, that unfortunately it's just iTunes That's right. people that can rate us. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and remember yeah. that we are going to tally the various countries that actually have ratings and reviews. And at the end of August, we'll tally it up in whatever country has the most reviews for our podcast. Robin. Apparently Robin is doing something that nobody wants. That's why nobody's reviewing <laughs> us. This was, this was Darren's idea, by the way. I don't think I, I don't think I've even agreed to this yet, but it it was partially your idea. You need to go back and listen to, I think the first half of yeah, did, did Screaming Blue or the end of Blue Sky Mining. Did you splice like a bunch of my words together to make me say something I, I never promise to <laughs> sing songs to you. And a shout out to Mark. Uh, we're discussing some guitar theory on there, but I, I think it was it was too inconclusive. Okay. Well, it's all the D minor business. Like, uh, oh, I think it was about Blue Sky Mine. We can just say work in progress. Yeah. Okay. Matt contacted us um, trying to help us figure out that cool warbly sound that Jim has oh, yes, on his guitar the, tone. The tone we love from Jim. He was suggesting that perhaps it was uh, the Boss Vibrato yeah. pedal that he's been using. Um, also got a message and I don't remember who sent it, but wondering, could it have been like a Leslie speaker, like a rotary speaker? And we're thinking maybe not, maybe I, in the studio. Yeah. I don't think so much for live shows that Jim yeah. would haul. I think those are really delicate to those whole thing. Yeah. And, and Jim had that great tone even on the flatbed truck. Yeah, that's right. Which makes me think he probably didn't have He's, like a delicate Leslie yeah. up there. Um, I spent um, too much time last night watching YouTube videos, videos about chorus pedals and... Uh, reverb pedals and stuff like that i'm wondering if maybe it's a combination like if it's a, a chorus pedal doing something maybe it is the vibrato pedal yeah 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 i think i need to buy myself a vibrato pedal and explore i think uh, that's, that would that's, be a good idea that's a kind of pedal i don't have matt also um made a connection between the oils and the drones, something that you were asking for. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dan Luscombe. Yes. Wait, he's not a drone. Yeah, Dan was in Courtney Barnett's band. That's right. And uh, But he's also... In a band called The Drones. Yes. Dan's brother, Peter Luscombe, plays drums on Peter Garrett's solo album well how about that so Excellent. there's a connection for yeah, you yeah yeah cool. thanks for for letting us know about that matt and am i allowed to bring my own information to business arising from oh why not i was reading a really neat article 
about the recording of the drums on Diesel and Dust. Okay. This is an article on a website called The Mix. Um, they were talking to Guy Gray, an engineer on the album, um, and he was saying that, you know how in beds there's that weird tick-tock, 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 yeah. tick-tock? They put a metronome in somebody's mouth, and they, and they would open and close their mouth in time with the metronome and how they recorded was, that how small was this metronome it was one of those kind that you put on top of the piano with the big Darren's arm got, back and forth. Guy's hands about a foot and a half apart from each other he's showing me the size of this metronome they stuck in somebody's mouth i don't know how big the metronome was mouth-sized <laughs> they make mouth-sized metronomes just for this purpose Maybe it's just coincidental they fit in somebody's mouth. So they're not actually mouth-sized. They happen to fit in a person's mouth. I think that's what I meant. <laughs> New mouth-sized <laughs> metronomes. Now, we don't actually want you putting it in your mouth. It's just... That's right. That'd be dangerous. Yeah. Not for children under three. That's all the business I have. Is that true that they stuck a metronome in somebody's mouth? I will link to the article in the show notes. That guy's just like, looking for people like you to repeat his <laughs> his nonsense he's it's like a total troll oh yeah we got that sound by sticking a over the guy's mouth maybe they had a metronome and they mic'd it and they had a very small speaker a very small amp with a leslie speaker <laughs> That's, no you know how they got that unique sound? <laughs> <laughs> this was like an article, like, uh, yeah. And the guy said, We stuck a metronome in the guy's mouth. Hang on. Classic tracks. Beds are burning from mixonline.com. Oh, yeah, everybody's Googling for mouth metronome, it seems. <laughs> you type in mouth and Google oh, yeah, auto just autocomplete. That's number one. Mouth metronome. Gray remembers experimenting in the studio to get <laughs> oh, ex- that experimenting was he? I'm sure to get he that was singular clicking sound. Miking a metronome placed in a musician's <laughs> mouth, and the musician opening and closing his mouth over the device. We recorded that into an Akai S nine hundred to loop it and get it in time with the track. Warren lives, he says. Oh, yeah. he. They remember that. They remember experimenting. That TikTok creates its own unique tension in concert with the blasts of the horns and drums. That's something Warren was brilliant at. Sticking metronomes <laughs> up people's <laughs> noses. I mean, in their mouths. I mean, coming up with a, a really real unique sound. Oh, mouth metronome. I still, I don't believe it. You don't have to. Okay. So, shall we talk about the oh, album? Finally. Or can we set the scene first? Yeah, let's set the scene. So, Earth and Sun and Moon comes out. Summer 93. Or Spring 93. Yep. Blue Sky Mine came out while we were still in high school. Yep. Earth, Sun and Moon were a couple of years into university. Yes. 20 years old. Yep. And, uh... Yeah, I remember that that summer was a difficult summer for me. Not not to why much, but I had my my parents were getting divorced. 
We just found out, and then my grandpa drowned, and it was just a, a rough time. But Earth, Sun, and Moon came out, mm-hmm. and I remember getting it. Let's not not to start talking about the song too much, but I remember buying it. And see, I don't Blue Sky Mining. I don't remember actually listening to it the first time or anything. Like I remember I, having it. I remember having the blue cassette in the Walkman. I remember taking the bus home. So probably grade 12. Yeah. May, yeah. It, it, oh, we yeah. It grade was, 12. Yeah, it was 90. Yeah, so yeah. I remember listening to it on the bus in grade 12. Okay. Yeah, I don't have distinct recollections of listening to that. But Earth, Sun, and Moon, I remember buying it, bringing it home, going to my bedroom, putting it on, and getting blown away by the opening sound and in the midst of these these problems going on mm-hmm. and listening to that bass line and then the big organ and everything and not to get yeah. into the song too much ahead of time but uh thinking wow what a new sound this is what this is what i was looking for yeah. or something I, yeah yeah and especially i don't think like i love blue sky mining but as we talked about and i think even then i knew it was it was a it was a more like a downbeat album kind of mm-hmm thoughtful and i liked a lot of the songs yep. on it but it was it was down this was in some ways a return with the guitars and the big organ and the upbeat yep music and uh yeah it was it was what i was looking for yeah and uh yeah i was just really blown away by it lots of hopefulness yeah yeah, yeah. there was yeah yeah it, it was it's it is a hopeful album i think i think this is the first oils album that i first got on cd it's funny that I don't know for sure yeah. if I got it on CD or not. I remember listening to it more at Ron's house than I remember having distinct memories of listening to it at home. Like, I remember listening to 1098 and Red Sails, even more so than Diesel and Dust, even though I would have gotten Diesel first. I remember listening to 1098 and Red Sails in the basement of my first house. Yeah. And then I we moved to a different house, and that's when I got... Blue Sky Mining, listen to it on the bus, and Earth and Sun and Moon, remember listening to it at our friend's house. I have no recollection of listening to it in my room ah. at home, although I know I did Yeah, on my new CD player, my five-disc changer. In your house, you had a five-disc changer? Yeah, that's what I bought from the, the guy. Ah, and that was not a priority for me. I wanted the double cassette deck. Oh, but I might have bought it on cassette because that is what i had in my car right so i might have still bought albums on cassette because i want to listen to them in my car as well and that's where my car my fairly expensive loud car stereo was cassette there you go Mm -hmm. nick lane's back at the helm yeah they brought nick back who of course had done 1098 and red sales brilliant albums brilliant albums i've still got 1098 as my pick for you the do. game. And you know what? I've got Diesel. Yeah. But that's not what you mean to have. I, Diesel was great, and I was glad to take Diesel. I was happy to take Diesel. I was excited to listen to Diesel. Red Sails is still, like, way up there for me. Yeah. Yeah, I still really like... Yeah. You know what? Part of the game, it's just one of those things. I think it changes. I think... 
the game's a funny thing. It is. You've got to make a decision when you're recording the podcast. How do you feel about the album right now? Yeah. Right now, I'm super excited about Diesel and Dust. I'm taking it. Yeah. Couple months down the road, I'm not regretting. If I had two weeks that I had to to listen to an album from back then, what would I pick? I think I don't think I would pick Diesel and Dust right now. I think I might pick Red Sails or maybe even go back to head injuries or something just to change it up especially after listening to the live album yeah the last little while and yeah. being excited about listening to lots of the older stuff yeah yeah anyway this is like meta this is very Earth meta. And sun and moon so about the recording yeah you're right you're, you're mentioning nick came back to it yep okay so there's this great documentary that we should link to in the show notes yes we will for sure um it's only like 15 minutes yeah. and a big chunk of it's just watching Truganini, the video. Yeah. But before that, they do talk about the process of yep. recording it a bit and it's great to see. And the attitudes behind it and yeah. yeah. So a really big thing was that Jim, but Jim wasn't the only one. Actually, Martin said that as well. Yeah. Both Jim and Martin. Martin speaks. He does. In this. And the message is that when they are putting Scream and Blue together... That made them listen to all these old tapes going back 10 years yep. or more. And that woke them up yeah. to what the band really did sound like yeah. before they went into this kind of this line, Red Sails to Diesel to Blue Sky Mining. They were on this trajectory. Yep. And I think they realized that's not. That's not who they are. Not that they are saying those albums are terrible. They got woken up to what the band was about. And so there's a very deliberate focus to just put everybody back in a room together. Yep. And have them play live. I've, I've got some nice quotes from the band yeah, go for talking it. about it. Yeah. So this is Jim addressing exactly what you're talking about right here. Yeah. He says that, that what they part of what they wanted to do was go back and explore what the basic sound of the band is. Pete was saying that they wanted to make a crunchy, real tasting, real sounding, real moving, real grooving record. <laughs> yeah. Not over machined. Yeah, not so that didn't sound like it had fairy dust sprinkled yes, all over right. it. That's <laughs> right. Something whole, chunky with lots of grunt. Bones was saying he was talking about not using technology, not using computers. Everything is actually played. Not putting metronomes in their mouths. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everything speeds up and slows down yeah. as the re as the band plays it. He he said that it was human. Yes. If there's a shaker, somebody's actually shaking it, shaking a shaker yep. with their hand near a microphone. Yep. It's not this robotic metronome dictating things. Yeah. A couple other things I just want to address. Uh, Nick is praising Jim and Martin's how they would play together. And he was saying this is something that, you know, Nick had produced that many more yeah. bands by this point. He still thought Jim and Martin were a magical duo. But yes. interesting the way he described it in this documentary, right? Because yeah. the way we've been talking about in the past is how they yeah. just lock on to each other just so tightly. Yes. They're playing at the same time to get that neat sound. Whereas in this, Nick talks about it a little bit differently. He describes yeah. it a bit differently. He says, Jim or Martin, one will play slightly before the beat. Yep. And somebody will play slightly after the beat, but they will perfectly stay in that sync. Yeah. Like, like, so they are extremely tight together, but deliberately 
just spread apart just a little. So it gives it that huge sound. Yeah. Yeah. And not quite unison, just. Yeah. It's kind of like that chorus pedal or that a slight, like a delay pedal or something. It's like one will be delaying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're also mixing it up. One will play dobro and one will play acoustic guitar. Yes. For example. Yeah. And that will give it that extra sound. Interesting talking about playing ahead of the beat and behind the beat. Um, some people talk about the way Rob plays and the way he does play ahead of the beat. Um, and it gives the band, it gives that urgency to the drums as he's playing. Um, so that's an excuse that I've been using a lot recently <laughs> saying, no, no, I'm just playing ahead of the beat. Yeah. You guys increasingly ahead of the beat. Well, when you guys catch up to me, I have to, and I have to start playing ahead of the beat again. You know, you just guys just play. I'm going to play slightly ahead of the beat. Yeah, and also this was recorded in a studio uh, in an industrial part of town. I, I assume it's Sydney. Yep, at Megaphone Studios. Yeah, so, so they're saying, you know, over there somebody's mixing chemicals and over here somebody's whatever. It's and like we're breathing the chemicals. Yeah, and here we are. And, I, and there's planes flying overhead. Yeah. Rob seemed to like that environment where he felt he was showing up at a real job, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and uh, going to work, going to work, putting in the hours. Yeah, putting in the hours, and oh yeah. And somebody said uh, that they felt they were maybe lo- they lost the essence of what they were, and were reminded by the live recordings. Yeah, they were trying to be a bit too clever. They're being just yeah. too, too much. Here's cleverness. what Pete said. Yeah, talking about the songs, he's talking about you know uh, being a little bit more personal, a little bit more honest, a little bit more about themselves as opposed to being issues. Yeah. Singing songs about oils as people, not just statements about the world, cliches hooked up to a catchy chorus. (laughs) Yeah. So this idea of putting everybody back in the room together, Mm -hmm. I think I, I started talking about this on previous album or two, but here's bones. This album is full. Like let's talk about bass for a little bit. Sure. This album is full of great bass grooves and yeah. all kinds of great bass playing. You know, it's different than Giffo's thing, but just like Giffo didn't really seem to get to be himself on Diesel and Dust, mm-hmm. I think this album is proof that Bones didn't get to be himself on Blue Sky Mining. Yeah. When you take the bassist out of the room and you hook up, there's a click track. Mm-hmm. And then Rob comes in and plays his drums to the click track. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the guitars go in. Okay. And it's like, okay, now bassist, you fit in yeah. to this predefined. It's totally different. It, it totally changes the role of the bassist and the drummer for that. Yeah, it exactly. changes the whole band. Yeah. But I think it really affects a bassist. Yeah. Where. I think it affects both, both bass and drummer. That's your rhythm section. Yeah. It's so important to play together and to play off of each other yes yeah yeah that's right and and the way recording usually happens is a click track goes down then they will put the drummer and maybe the drummer ends up with a little bit more freedom Mm -hmm. to just follow that click however he pleases but once that's locked in the bassist is told what to do basically exactly yeah and even if he's not told in words what to no, do no not in words he has to play along yeah. with the drum yeah. as opposed to the drum and the bass playing together absolutely as a rhythm unit yeah. yeah and so that's what i think diesel and blue sky mining were bad for the bassists oh, yeah. in the band especially but it affected the whole band yeah and my oh yeah was anticipating but 
Earth and Sun and Moon just shines because yes. they're playing together. And yeah. this is a groovy, rhythmic album. Yeah. This is so much fun to listen to. It's every song is a head yeah. bobber. It so good. Yeah. So we were saying groovy. Yeah. And Pete and said groovy. Pete said groovy. Yeah. But hypnotic, mesmerizing. Yeah intoxicating trance inducing wow oh yeah and and then there's like other words that i wrote down like it's it's hippie it's spacey it is is hippie it's trippy sounds it's it's psychedelic it's it's psychedelic there's a lot of like bright sunny sounds yeah thinking about like tone and stuff there is so much fuzz Uh there's so much squawk going on (laughs) there's a lot of that kind of Eastern, Middle Eastern, or yeah. or Eastern European, or Arabic, or Spanish flamenco-y kind of sounding yeah. guitar lines throughout it. Yeah. Reverb all over the place. There's a couple of strummers, as in strummy kind of songs. Yeah. Pete really gets his falsetto back in gear uh, on this album. Yeah. Lots of falsetto, at least on some songs. Renaissance Man starts with harmonica. Truganini's got the oh, harmonica. Yeah, tr- yeah, so there's at least two. That's right. So the harmonica's yeah. back. Lots of guitars. And yeah, like you're saying, the, the noises are back. It's not uh, a heavy distortion, but nope. there's lots of grit to yeah. the guitars again. Yeah. The organ is huge and yeah. all over the place. There's a couple really rocking organ bits. Yeah. Um, piano used to great effect. My boys yeah. picked up the piano. Like we were driving along the other day. My Country comes on. Oh, yeah. And they just start singing along to the piano bits there. <laughs> How do you guys know this? Oh, we remember it from way back. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so fantastic piano stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the songs are long. The very shortest song on the album is four minutes and seven seconds. Yeah. And lots of them are over five minutes. Uh, and I think that goes to the the jam nature of these things, mm-hmm. that, that they're they're jamming them out, and I, I don't think there's any any album of theirs that that has so, so many long songs. A lot of them kind of take their time in ending as well. Oh, like they, they do. let that last chord ring out, and then they just let it. Yeah, there's go one for extreme example. There's like thirty seconds yeah. of ending chord on at least one one song. Yeah, and and Rob's drumming is is back to exciting, fun stuff again not just plain standard and he's not that he's doing a lot of really wild crazy stuff but he's throwing little fills and little runs in here and over there all over the place he's he's doing more shakery kind of things like there's a lot of shaking and rattling and rolling <laughs> going on a lot here. Of shaking it was a pleasure for me to listen to the, all the fun drum stuff going on again which i've been missing for a couple albums yeah blue sky mining you know, that second side, we talked about what, uh, I'm going to use like negative word, kind of like a dirge, it became yep. how downbeat uh, Blue Sky Mining was. Slow tempo. Slow tempo. Yeah. We, boys, we've got a lot of mid to slow tempo songs on this, and I think we're really headed for a disaster. But Earth and Sun and Moon, a big increase in tempo. Mm-hmm. You know, and even like In the Valley, which you might think of as slow, is actually a very upbeat song. Yeah. And even kind of rocking yeah. on the oh, studio yeah. version. Yeah. And I think the groove really helps with that. Even though maybe there's not a lot of real fast, fast songs. Yeah. 
everything is really grooving and rollicking and even if you're not thinking it's fast you're you're nodding your head along yeah. to everything yeah now lyrically I find this album very interesting. I, I felt like I had a lot more to say about it. Mm-hmm. We'll see how long this podcast is going to go. Yeah. There's some lots of overt uh, spiritual totally. references. Um, Even if you're just t- counting how many times they use the God word. Yeah. It's all over the place. All that God but, bothering. Maybe they were okay with this as a band because it was kind of couched in that hippie this kind psychedelia. Of hippie thing. Yeah. yeah, this hi- hi- hippie psychedelia. And there's lots of contrasting between two sides here. And they have on one side, they have earth, spiritual, the nature side, um, the God side, kind of together on one side. And on the other side, they have greed, they have uh, technology, they they have the unrelenting, the unthought, unthinking progress. Yep. And, and so it's these two contrasts, and they bring them up even in the lyrics very closely together in a lot of songs. I yeah. was noticing it's this or that, it's yeah. this. Or, yeah. um, so we'll get into some specifics after, but it was interesting to note that that contrast is so explicit in a lot of the lyrics and, and how they've kind of how they've split things into these kind of two, two camps. Yeah, they do bring up the monarchy and nationalism and working through the Australian-ness and the conflict sometimes between the Australian identity and being under the British monarchy. Yeah. I think that comes up in a number of songs, so we'll probably be talking about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that that's right. It's not just spirituality and environmental things. And personal things, but... Yeah. Because that's there too. As Pete was saying um, in that documentary that we both watched you do see a bit more of the oils as people. Some of that is leaking out and they're talking about some personal stuff a little yeah. bit more in this album. That's right. And and this is such a dense album lyrically. Apologies ahead of time if we miss your favorite line. Tell tell us about it. Yeah. And it might make it into next, next time's uh, right. Business Arising. For me, when I'm trying to understand the song, I want to kind of get the idea, like the the main idea that they're getting out through the song. And I figure that if I can kind of get my head around that, I can continue to listen to songs and and pull out neat references or kind of dig deeper into it. But once I've got kind of that, the core message to the song, I'm I'm happy at that point. And I I think for most of the songs, I think I understand what they're trying to get at. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about some of the specifics that come out that struck you and that struck me yeah and yeah if we don't hit all yeah of we them, can't that's do okay. an exhaustive analysis we've and, we, and we've we, only we got four to. hours here tonight well and we're not that smart no that's right well i had one goofy thing to talk about <laughs> for now yeah. i got plenty of goofy i've got stuff. one goofy thing to talk about Let's i got get plenty over of goofy with. stuff later on at one point yeah i was trying to to take earth sun and moon and try to figure out okay how how is the album as a whole? What is Earth? What is Sun? What is Moon mm. in the album? So let's play a little game. Okay. I'm going to throw out some words, and then maybe you throw out some words too, okay? Yeah. So, and you were already kind of talking about these things. For Earth, I was thinking, you know, grounded, nature. Yeah. The environmental issues, the people on it as yeah. well, how, yeah. how we treat one another. Yep. Sun, I was thinking positivity life-giving warmth love yeah yeah and also that i think we would map god and spirit 
probably to the sun if we had to. Sure. Like yeah. out of these yeah. three things. I yeah. mean, there's all that, the sun worshiping and yeah. so on. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. But that's not but, what you're talking yeah. about. Okay. And then moon. <laughs> For moon, this album is a little bit loony. Okay. And, and just thinking more spacey kind of things with Moon, too. One last thing for me before maybe we start talking about songs. Yeah. I had so much fun the last couple of weeks listening to this album. I actually didn't listen to it as much as I might normally have listened to an album in a two-week period. Normally, I would probably listen to the album at least once a day. Mm. Um, and I wasn't able to do that still had a lot of fun with it i think i I got to go pretty deep into it although i was wondering if the album has the staying power or is it just kind of a novelty it's like oh we're finally getting i'm finally finding that i've got an oils album to be really excited about and as far as as listening goes as my program through the year goes it's been over a month since I've had a proper album that I've been excited to listen to. I, I like listening to Screaming Blue Live because yeah. there's lots of old stuff that was fun to listen to again and stuff like that. But as far as new stuff goes, it's pretty exciting. But I wonder if it's just the novelty of it all or if it, if it really has that staying power. Mm. Um, and how will you determine well that? I don't know I like I don't want to trick myself into thinking this is the best album ever because I'm excited to hear something good finally yeah. <laughs> but man live it was been good listening you had some fun with it yeah 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 I enjoyed listening to it but I've never been away from this album for long so as much as I like it I still wasn't super excited about it like mm. i was sometimes doing all these note like preparing for this is sometimes a bit of a chore oh yeah but i do it for all you guys <laughs> i love you <laughs> but it's not that listening to the oils is a chore in itself right it's, it's that, sitting down and feeling like i have to analyze it before the weekend comes so that i can sit down with yeah, darren and do the podcast that, recording. that's right so i can feel prepared yep because i really wasn't prepared what what was that that was quite a few for blue sky mine was it Blue Sky I wasn't prepared for? I felt I wasn't prepared for Blue Sky Mine, but I wasn't willing to put in any more time with it. <laughs> I think there was an earlier one where I was really rambling and didn't know what I was talking about, and you're giving me heck for not being very oh, yeah, well that, prepared. That was that was way in the That in was the a beginning. long time ago, yeah. yeah. But what helps me get through it is spending the time with my daughter and going back and forth and kind of finding interesting things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cool. So... Let's listen to the album. Yes. And then we'll talk about the songs. Okay. So by way of reminder, here's what Earth and Sun and Moon sounds like. <laughs> you don't have to do it. I'll, oh, oh, I'll, oh. I'll put a little... Oh, 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 oh. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs>
father went down with the Montevideo. Rising sun sent him floating to his rest. And his wife. Feeding Frenzy, starting with that cymbal bend. Dream here. Do you think they pitch? Pitch bended? Pitch bent? I do. Cymbal? Yeah, I th- and oh, I think that they do that a, a few times throughout the album. They kind of okay. they kind of play with that delay thing, or yeah, they. I don't know if it's a real tape delay that they speed up, slow down, or if they kind Nick of. Nick Kalani had that. to do a little bit of studio trickery. Oh yeah, you can't take. Yeah, Nick but totally it, out of it. But I think I think what they were going with all over the place on the album when they were doing this is kind of get that that tape riding up to speed or slowing down at the end of this of, yeah. of the song. It's kind like, of hey, effect. we're on back on tape. But they don't have to have that that tape winding up and coming up to speed sound. No, of course they don't have to. But but it's a fun effect. Yeah, to have and, there. and maybe it's a way of announcing, hey. We're back to... We're back on analog. Yeah. After, we're a real band yeah. playing on some real tapes. Yeah. And then the bass. Yeah. That bass line. Welcome. Fun, fun grooving. Yeah. Bones getting to do his thing. You imagine that you put a bunch of musicians in a room. Jim's got some chords or whatever. You know, hey guys, we're playing this. This is like E minor. What's going on? And then it's like Bones. Well, how about Bone? Oh, 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 you know, like yeah. do, do a little riff thing a little bit in the beds are burning camp of riffs or whatever yeah i guess so i never thought of it you that know, way. it's kind of it's the peter gunn thing again it's kind of that okay it's kind of that minor riffing around kind of thing and it's just repetitive like it's the whole thing oh it's it's not a very long riff and it just kind of keeps on cycling around it gives i think like right off the bat you've got that hypnotic kind of thing going yeah. on with the bass it is hypnotic that's right and then little organ hits mm-hmm. and there's a lot of anticipation in this song because there's this you know, yeah, little, little yeah. organ hits this this repetitive bass line that's got this real groove to it. Yeah. And then there's and a, this huge drum roll. Is that drum roll like, what, 15 seconds worth or something like that? Like, it's just this giant it's drum fantastic. roll. Fantastic. Yeah. And then, guitars 40 seconds into the song guitars organ yeah everybody comes in and now we're all grooving yeah but it's totally built on that bass line that's yep. under it all yeah they just kind of layer it on down piece after piece after piece yeah well says there say except yeah like i said sitting on my bed 20 years old big things in my world are changing on me yep and this was great this was just like blew me away this song in particular is full of all kinds of little guitar sounds Jim Martin, whoever, back and forth, uh, just making these little squeals on their guitar, little fills. There's some great harmonies, mm-hmm. uh, like during the I Don't Want to Run and Hide. I don't know if we should call that a pre-chorus or a chorus. Like there's the God Knows, there's the yeah, I Don't Want to Run refrain. and Hide. Yeah, and then there's that God Knows, God Knows It's Been Fun. Yeah. I don't know which... Is the chorus, or maybe it's... Maybe that is the chorus, and we don't hear the pre-chorus the first time, or whatever. Anyway. It's nice that the oils don't feel the need to write verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, 
songs. Except when they want to hit. My gut says that that these songs aren't just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus yeah. type things. But so many of them are hits to me. Yeah, that's right. The Oils definitely don't feel they have to follow a formula, and they often don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether it's a pre-chorus, chorus, a refrain, a bridge, a breakdown, a middle eight, or whatever they're throwing <laughs> in things like double verses, yeah, whatever they're calling it, you're talking about separating the God knows it's been fun bits from the... I guess we call that pre-chorus, and then because I, I believe it happens once and doesn't get resolved by the by the God knows bit. Let me pull out. Let me slide the vinyl from its package. No, I'll just pull out the lyric sheet here. Yeah. Well, yeah, the lyric sheet might not prove no, what musically happens either. I guess I'm just saying the oils can be vague like that. Like, it doesn't have to just be first. Well, that's what you already said. <laughs> okay. On this album, there's a number of times where there's kind of like backwards guitar ish like it sounds is this backwards guitar we don't know i, yeah. I guess you try i've tried i've tried in the past yeah you've tried and in the past i'm pretty sure that it's not I, I think that they just have some nice effects lined up to give you that that swelling kind of yeah, thing that, that makes you think of backwards guitar um sergeant peppery type stuff yeah yeah two minutes and 40 seconds super great organ break And then there were some fun tom rolls. Did you notice those? Uh, oh, yeah. Three, well, and, and I'm not going to talk about every single tom roll no. in the album. Like I was mentioning earlier, this is a fun album to listen to for me, f- just to listen to, to Rob play because he's putting, he's just spicing things up. He's just putting little things in here. Like there's not a lot of massive drum type things happening, but every song has little flavor here and there and little hits here and there and just a little run down the toms here, just a little roll on the tom there or smacking it out on the snare here and there. And I'm not going to mention all of them. No. But yeah, all over the place. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Uh, And then, yeah, this this is one of the songs with a super long ending Mm -hmm. where they're just sitting on that organ and I don't know if it goes on for like 30 seconds almost of just listening to that kind of organ grinding yeah kind of thing yeah that's yeah. it's a lot of fun and it ends with another little pitch bend ah cool yeah so darren we think it's about what's feeding frenzy about i wonder if the song is written from the point of view <laughs> oh no of greed ah. is this greed singing to us is the feeding frenzy consumerism and consumption, overconsumption is is that is that kind of the point of view that's coming from this that that the song is taking a look at? I think it is. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely about commercialism. Common themes throughout the album uh, are are coming up here. We've got truth and fiction must collide mm-hmm. someday. The word truth shows up a lot on this album. Yeah, and we're thinking about nowadays. Today we've got fake news. We've got people from both sides uh, using the word truth and, you know, kind of accusing one another of not giving the whole truth. And and I I don't think this whole fake news thing, you know, like the left might say that's a a phenomenon of the right. Yeah. But, but no, the the actual, (laughs) it's going both ways. Oh, yeah. 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 And there's definitely uh, fake news coming from from at least if i don't know if there are really just two sides but 
back and forth you know what what is true what is sure and, and so it's funny how it still seems pretty relevant to me yeah and the other thing i want to talk about is uh i mentioned this idea of contrasts in this album uh so i'll just give a couple examples in this song um to like but right up against each other we've got sacred in the forest mm-hmm. fast food in the kiosk yeah the song is full of like those contradicting those kind of contra- yeah, yeah that's right Office. and then cardboard dinners uh, the saint versus the saints and the sinners. Yeah. You've got churches and brothels. Well, and see, here's the thing. I'm thinking that this is greed talking about, I am inducing this feeding frenzy amongst the peoples of the, of the world type yeah. thing. Yeah. But I think greed is saying, you know what? It's happening over here and it's happening right next door in the church and it's happening right there in the bank and it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And, and I guess if what you're saying is right, then we've got these contrasting kind of these opposite things, and yet they're they're all being affected yep. by by this or taking part in or taking part in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So why the line "God knows it's been fun"? I have always thought that boy, we've had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Like this indulgence, we're like, woohoo. We're going for it. It's been fun. We're going for man, broke. Man alive. Man alive. We're going to say man alive because <laughs> Queen Victoria wouldn't want us to say God knows it's been fun. But right. man alive, man it's, alive been fun. it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it could very well be as simple as that. And yeah. it probably is. But Darren has an idea. But in my, yeah, in in me wanting to overanalyze <laughs> and, and bring my own sense of meaning to things, which I think is a fun thing to do with music a lot of the time. Sure. I wonder if it, it's maybe even just trying to say that that greed is more than just this thing that happens to people, but there is a spiritual aspect to greed as well. It's not just something that you decide in your head that you're going to be greedy and, and and I guess people do decide the that the spirit of greed. Well, yeah, exactly. Is there something more spiritual going on that draws people into this kind of thing? That more than just a problem that is is common to humanity because of the systems that are set up and that people feel that they need to get ahead, they need to acquire things so that they can have a certain status. But maybe the the need for that is is beyond just the rationality of man but it goes to something even deeper within them. I don't know. That's me trying to pull in some meaning to That's that. That's some kind of hippie stuff talk. I know. I'm going to get all groovy and trippy <laughs> and stuff all throughout the album. Okay. I'll try to keep it to a minimum. We'll let it go. Thanks. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. My country. Mm-hmm. So this song's... Hang on. Yes. As we move into this, let's just say Feeding Frenzy... Yeah. was a Garrett Magini song. Okay. And as as we may expect if it's Yeah, got, exactly. Got the god bothering in. Oh, maybe a little bit of the god bothering coming from Pete. Yeah. Maybe putting a little bit of that into here. I think it's just kind of interesting to like to take a look at at who's writing the songs. Yeah. So you've got this kind of talking about the people in general and and society and how we work and and greed and its effects on mankind from pete and jim yeah now we've got a rob song here's and, a rob and how song. does rob want to sing stuff to us he wants to hit us over the head with something because <laughs> he's a drummer and he's used to hitting <laughs> that's, things that's what he does yes so is that that's how you operate too i guess oh man totally yeah yeah okay 
Yeah, so is it just only Rob credited on My um, Country? Or is this a Rob and Jim song? I I think it's just a Hearst song. Really? Oh man, that I I don't have that on vinyl. That's so nice. That Thank you. That I'll, ta- it, I'll take a nice picture of me holding my vinyl Earth, Sun and Moon with the nice Yeah, that insert looks insert. so good. It, I I should put it up on my bedroom wall. But no, it doesn't have any um, songwriting credits. Oh, okay. So I am just relying on intuition. the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and intuition tells me <laughs> this is a Rob song. So yeah, it, it opens with this uh, this very catchy piano riff. You're talking about your boys yeah. remembering it. Yeah. So it's based around A minor. So a little diversion here. Missy Higgins is an Australian... I don't know if we call her a pop star, but a singer, songwriter. So Missy Higgins. But the connection here is when Midnight Oil reformed for, I believe it was for Wave Aid. Yeah. I bought the DVDs of it from Australia, had them shipped. um, At great expense. At great expense. And this is, uh, this is what I do. And I watched the whole concert and Midnight Oil was the big closer. But but I got exposed to quite a few interesting. The the Waifs are another neat Australian okay. band. And um, I think Nick Nick Cave was there. Yeah. But Missy Higgins played. And I don't think normally I would go for this, but she had this song called Scar that had this really fun piano riff in it hmm. that made me think of kind of, of my country. Okay. And so here's like the kind of double to me, yeah. double Midnight Oil connection. And then this also inspired... so. Maybe we'll put a link for Missy Higgins' Scar song, just yeah. because. Uh, and this also inspired both My Country and Scar. Uh, inspired my song, October Breeze, uh, which has a very deliberate piano, catchy piano riff. Yeah, Rhiannon yeah. and I yeah. r- really tried to do this. We wrote the song about four years ago. And this is the one that, remember Doug, our, our old buddy uh, and guitarist friend Doug, mm-hmm. uh had this online contest that he let us know about so all three of us entered our own was songs this the one that we were doing and it was in the summertime that we were voting all yeah the way you had to it was vote. like head to head yeah it was all these head to head so yeah i this, remember this this music store in canada ran this contest we all submitted our songs yeah. and then there was this voting and bizarrely my song kept winning round after round it's a good song and beat and be like doug's and beat i think I did did, I? were you head to head with yeah. doug at one point wasn't i i think i was I think it might have been and poor doug he was the one who mentioned to us um and then your song about beards went pretty far isn't that the was, one that, was that my beard song oh maybe that wasn't no maybe. my beard song went far in the cbc oh, music that was contest. in the cbc one i wonder if it was seasons of the caribou yeah <laughs> yeah i think it was seasons of the caribou or, or orbiting wave it was one of those two i bet that i put yeah. in there yeah and so what was amusing about that contest is that i kept going up head to head with like one was a, a band that actually had a real following there this kind of country rock band but but this this is no joke. Like you had to mobilize your fans online yeah. to vote. That country rock band uh, had a gig the night before. Oh yeah, and they played like in pubs with yeah. like you know yeehaw kind of like Daisy Duke girls and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm not joking. Like okay, and and they had these pictures of all the. It's what Paps Blue Ribbon is yeah. like the famous redneck beer, isn't okay. it? Yeah, sure. Do, do you know any of this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so on their social media, 
they had like all these it's like they got totally hammered after the gig and all their fans were there because this is a band with like you know 20,000 Facebook fans or something but like it's like their entire fan base got hammered and didn't vote the next and, day because they were and like hung the, over. and the whole band slept through the whole thing because they got <laughs> so and so they totally forgot to mobilize their social media fans yeah. and my my modest like 150 fans <laughs> yeah yeah and anyway I so I beat this really big band relatively speaking yeah. and then there was this super good guitarist from like Mexico or something. Um, who had this really intimidating song? Like yeah. it was like all shredding and. Wasn't this like a Canadian contest? Well, yeah, except they they seemed to let like that other <laughs> band was American. Okay. The, the, the country one. Yeah. And then this okay. other one was like from Mexico. From Mexico. I'm sorry, this is a big diversion, but it's, to me, it's an amusing story. And then I, somehow I beat him. And well, you're looking at the time, like <laughs> robbing your way so. And uh, yeah, and then as soon as I beat him. I got all these negative votes on all my videos. Every single video on my channel, on my YouTube channel, yeah. got like a down vote, presumably from this guy. Because like after I beat him. Anyway, and then it went to this jury selection and they totally yeah. did not choose my song. So, so Darren, can you put a link to Two years ago. Oh, yes, yeah. I will totally put you'll, a link to those. Link to those yeah. Both those songs that are inspired by his PR riff. Two okay. years ago, we all entered the CBC, what was it called? The contest. Oh, now I'm looking at my watch. Yeah, uh, no, I'm gonna be short. Yeah, okay. What's the name of the contest? What, what's the it CBC? Called? Whatever. Our Searchlight. Nas- Searchlight. The, our the national, national radio program puts on this overly big contest. Yes, yeah, and it's a popularity contest as yeah. well. You got to get people to vote for you. So me and Robin and all our friends entered our songs and stuff like that. And I had this corny beard song. I had a beard. And I don't even know. I think I made it through the first round, yeah. which is like just like regional voting. I think there's like two or three regional rounds of voting, and I made it through the first round, which really didn't mean too much. But for some reason, one of these guys out in Vancouver who works at the CBC who has to listen to every song that is <laughs> entered because all the judges That's have his to... job. He listened to my song, and I don't think that he thought it was incredibly great or deserving to win or anything like that, but for whatever reason, he decided to put it on his list of 12 standout songs yeah. nationally it's like he reviewed it and put it on his blog oh yeah and, and it, got it all was this promoted attention. on the cbc and it was crazy and yeah. then like i didn't make it past yeah the... he, he called it stoner rock right <laughs> yeah he yeah, did stoner rock that's awesome yeah. you so, stoner anyway that's my little claim to fame musical yeah. claim to fame yeah my country we got off on this tangent because of the piano yes yeah, that yes that your boys liked. Oh, my boys love it. Or at least they remember it. But yep. they were singing it again today. So, huge sing-along chorus. Yes. Lots of Rob vocals in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, he's up there high. Of course, Bones too. And we got all kinds of little guitar bits weaving in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, guitar arpeggios, little uh, piano bits, phased guitars. They, they're throwing the kitchen sink yep. at this song. Now, I don't have any squawks down here. Oh, yeah, you're... But I, maybe maybe when I was kind of taking notes, I, was, I, was, I only kind of started counting squawks at number three or something like that. So maybe there are some squawks in here that I didn't write down in my notes. Yeah. I don't think there are. I remember mentioning this many episodes ago, but this song has this awesome extended thing where they start singing, like, the My Country, Right or Wrong. Mm-hmm. 
but then they do one where they go my and, yeah that's right and under it is this little drum fill yep. and they stretch that basically they take the existing the established melody mm-hmm. and insert a full bar of extra fill and stretch yeah and it's a really cool thing oh that yeah they do. for sure I wonder why I mentioned that. It's it's like they must have done it on an earlier song. And I said, yes, but the really good one is on my country. There's a few fills on this album. I call them the falling down the stairs fills. <laughs> They're just a quick little type thing. Uh-huh. So Rob throws one in, in here in, on my country. He's got a pretty big good fill happening that's, that's worth having to listen to. Just want to note that, you know, I think it's a woodblock that he starts bringing out at, at one point in the song. I am hitting an imaginary woodblock here. Because it's so catchy. It, they, it is catchy. Even catchier than Cowbell, I'd say. It's a little more subtle, eh? Just a little. <laughs> yeah. You know, when when you hit a cowbell, you don't have to go moo, moo. Every time I do that, Robin says moo, moo, moo. Every time I hit a cowbell. There's a weird little background na, na, na thing that they only do once. Can I play it for you? Oh, yeah. Now I hear the, the one time only na, na, na's. Oh, well, that does sound like a Jim na, na, na. Yeah. But... I sort of th- have always thought he's actually singing, I know. It sounds really Beatles to me. Like, I know what you mean about that. Yeah, Beatles to me. It sounds like John, like John yeah. Lennon to me. Well, that's... Jim sounds like John. Oh, well, Jim there you go. does sound like. John. So that's probably yeah. Jim doing the BGVs here. Let's yeah. hear. And you're thinking that he's saying, "I know." You think that's what he's singing in the background? Yeah, or I, or I, I, I. Yeah, or I, na, na. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's doing. No, no, no. Jim. Yeah. Uh, really does sound a lot like John Lennon. Yeah. At times. Yeah. And on Jim's various solo albums, which I guess you've never listened to. But I totally want to. Yeah. Like I've, I've got the shopping cart filled up and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to pull the trigger and buy, but I figured I, I need to talk to you first about these kind of things. Yeah. So I, like, I could just go and buy everything, but. I but you're looking I, for permission for me first. Well, I'm oh yeah, I, I totally want to get all the gym stuff. I want to get all the break stuff. What happened to the breaks website? I haven't been able to get onto the breaks website for weeks. Was it? It's broken. Yeah, it's like doesn't exist. I wonder if they broke up the band. The break is over. Well, maybe. Well, the break is over. So where do I? So. I really didn't realize. I was just, ex- I was expecting it's the break, like a wave breaking. It's the break. Yeah. But, but it's no. the break from Midnight Oil. Doesn't that blow you away? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. They're well, taking the break. There you go. Anyway. And now the break is over. And like Brian Ritchie's back with uh, the Violent Femmes again. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like. But come on, keep the site up so I can still buy your stuff. Yeah, you dumb people. Don't you want my money? Take it. <laughs> Ooh, another copy of Breeze showed up on Discogs this past week. No. Only 55 euros. Wow. Why didn't you tell me? I'm telling you now. Did you buy it? No. Oh. <sighs> Whenever it... <laughs> Robin's reaching for his phone so he can buy it right now. 
whenever it shows up, I just go like, I email the, oh, good. I suddenly reminded, I am passing Darren my yellow midnight oil book. It's called. It's called Midnight Oil. Thank you. And Darren did did a Harrisburg there. Did you hear him? What was that? I felt like a buzz. Yeah. Did I do that? Yeah, you did one of those. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I always contact the seller directly and say, sell it to me for 30 euros. And they'll say no. <laughs> actually, so, but always... That's your little routine. Oh, yeah. Getting a rejection from them. Yep. Good. That's what I do. 55, eh? 30. No, I wouldn't go lower than 31. How about 31? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's my trick. <laughs> I love when a seller does say, I wouldn't go lower than 30. Or, okay. or, or they give a range. Well, I wouldn't go lower than about 50 to 40. Okay, 40. Yeah. Okay. How much are you looking? I don't know. Somewhere between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went between 40 and $55 to this. Okay. That'd be fair. So how about 40? Okay. We're not talking about the album very much. No, let's get back on it. We're taking our time. This is a very sinister story. Oh, I, I have oh let's one talk more. about the big build-up. And... I had one more music thing to do yeah. before. Am do I, it. Am I doing it? Yeah. Okay, there's the giant bridge, right? Yes. And that was a lot of fun. It goes to like... So the whole song's in like A minor, basically. Sure. And then it goes to F sharp minor for the I hear the truth. And then it does a whole bunch of key changes. There's like only it, three people that care. It goes through, well, then let me just get on with that. Okay. That goes through like E minor, goes to C major, goes to like G major. Wow. And then all the way back to A minor again. Is this like it's just during like that really big fun. piano build up at the end? Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of stuff. Like it's that, I hear the truth must take a beating. Oh yeah. The, what we were just listening to where the na-na's came in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in there. The flag of camouflage. Yeah. For and it goes through all these, all these mood changes. Uh, with this whole, it's kind of like it does a whole circle and then comes all the way back uh, to the original key. Hmm. And you might not even know, like you might think, oh, something changed there in my in the new key. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. But it's very, it's Now very you cool. know. Now I know. Thanks for telling me, Robin. I appreciate that. I'm glad that you told us that. Yeah. All three of us who care. Four now. Four now. Yeah. Now you're one of the ones who cares. And then the big piano build up at the end. And everything's just climbing, 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 and climbing, and then the crashes down at the end. Everything yeah. just very sinister story. This song. Yeah. So, what do you think's going on here? It sort of sounds to me like it's addressed to somebody, mm-hmm. a politician, maybe, or mm-hmm. do, do it you could know be. more? You, you, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the intention behind the song is, but I've got my thoughts. Yeah, because. Unlike a lot of songs, it really does sound like it's talking to somebody. Yeah. Uh, did you save your face? Yeah. You know, did you? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a lot about the the truth. The truth must take a beating that we mentioned about uh, the flag, a camouflage. So there's kind of this uh, patriotism yeah. Yeah. gone, gone yeah. wrong or patriotism yeah, to a fault. That's right. So. Maybe this song is directed to a specific person or maybe it's more of a general addressing itself to a type of person. Yeah. Um, It seems to me that that it could be covering a, a broad range of of unwavering allegiances to either country 
or some ideology or, or religion or politic or something like that. Maybe he had somebody specific in mind. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a, a general just sticking with your team, right or wrong, toeing the line. Yeah. My team can't do wrong. And the damage that comes that can come out of that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's it's actually interesting that it's such a catchy sing along song. Oh yeah. But really this is one of the darker songs on the album. Yeah. It's not you don't want to be singing along with no, that. When you're singing about it my makes country, you the bad guy. Yeah. Like the other country songs. We've talked about how yes. there's a bunch of country songs, yeah. right? <laughs> not songs with country in the title. We like both kinds of music. Country, country and, and western. western. Uh, my country, yeah, my country, right or wrong, and occasionally they're throwing in an oh so strong, yeah, and oh and my country going wrong, yeah. yeah. So, so lots of ways to interpret the lyric, yeah. Like who's who's singing this? Like, yeah. am I standing with my country? Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, like so applicable contemporarily to today. But like, if the person's at least singing part of the lyrics could be the the person who's pointing the finger at who he perceives to be the folks at fault just blindly following their country my country's going wrong or maybe it's that person who's who's saying oh my country's going wrong we're going to make it great again that <laughs> well, type of did thing did you hurt yourself no i got very strong knees yeah no and then the end it's almost like they kind of give him a little bit of an out I know we all make mistakes. It, it starts out with, was it just a dream? Were you so confused? Or was it just a giant leap of logic? Like you just went from this side to that side. So it starts out a little bit um, trying to understand where the person is coming from. And then, yeah. it, then it quite quickly goes into the, man, I, I, I don't want to say things like, man, you're an idiot yeah. type things. But then it adds that. They add that Up line. the holes bit? Well, yeah, just before that. They yeah. add that line, I know we all make mistakes. Yeah. So is, is are they, again, just offering, you know, a way for this person to kind of save face, back out, change their mind, and, and smarten up about this mistake that they've been yeah, making? Yeah, like to own up to it, maybe? To own to, up to yeah. it, and then say, yeah, okay, I did make a mistake. I, I'm not going to be like this anymore. But, yeah, then it gets into the to the last bit there. Oh, it's not actually written down on, on the lyric sheet here, but I've got it here. This is not a case of blurred vision. It's yeah. a case of... It's not just blurred vi- It's not just that, that you didn't uh, misunderstand. Si- un- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a case of, what are the three things? Um, pocket holes. Black, black holes. Soul holes. <laughs> yeah, like soul holes. That's that's nasty. There's yeah. something wrong with your soul, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not hippie. to get hippy dippy spiritual hippie. on you here, but yeah, it, it kind of goes down that road for a second there yeah. too, right? Yeah. Renaissance man, are you ready? I am. Let's okay. do it. So normally around here we would say Renaissance. But yeah, I think I, I would say Renaissance. But for tonight, we will say Renaissance. Renaissance man. <laughs> what, what did I just say there? renaissance i'll just say what well that's progress that's progress for you what do you say i think i would say renaissance normally but would you say progress i'd say progress 
So you can say Renaissance. Renaissance, it's progress. And I'll say Renaissance. Some say that's progress. I say that's Renaissance. <laughs> hey, it opens with harmonica. Yeah. The harmonica's back. That's good. It's we been away for a whole album. We, we haven't heard harmonica since last album. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad it's back here. It actually has kind of a blue sky mine sound to that harmonica. But you know what? Way back in... Because it's sustain. Yeah. What was the album that we were talking about? Like the first time we talked about it, the first time it showed up, was that Head Injuries? Yeah. We said, man, that sounds just like Blue, Blue Sky, Sky Mine. <laughs> Maybe that's just what the harmonica sounds like when well, Pete plays it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that it might have something to do with Pete's style with the harmonica too. It's got a great bass groove going on under it all. It does. Dun, 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 dun. Well, it's doing bass stuff. Well, I told you about the virus. I think it's like F sharp minor. Is that a key that bass players like to play in? It's an okay one. Okay. Yeah, you just play a little box there, F sharp minor, down near the bottom. Um, when you say down near the bottom, what do you mean? You know, near your toes. <laughs> the bottom of the neck. When you say the, the bottom, bottom of, of the, the range, neck. the bottom of the range of the bass. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that always. That bothers you. Yeah. But I think it's bass talk. Like, I think that's how bassists talk about... They're, they're, they're down near the bottom. <laughs> that's some fancy footwork there. Did you like that? I did. You know what I learned on the past two weeks? No. Drummers like to talk about their drums being dry. Do they? Yeah, that's and part they of their mean vocabulary. What you're, and they yeah. mean what you're talking about. Yeah, and and they also like to just make noises when they're talking about how their drums sound like. It's like really whoomp, flumpy. But so but dry being... is. I I went online. I said, okay, give me some words to describe how my drums sound. <laughs> dry. I like, really? When, when dry. Darren's when dry. Darren's googling, <laughs> he's talking about googling. His hands move. In a really funny way. Well, that's because I'm typing one-handed. Do, do it again. <laughs> we can't get video of that. <laughs> Not tonight. Okay. That's a good bass groove down at the bottom end. Yeah. In F sharp. Yeah, minor. We think it, I think it's F an sharp. F sharp minor. Okay, and actually, this was a weird one. Rihanna, even Rihanna, could not figure out what key to call this in. It's like F sharp minor, the song. Yeah. But they are actually playing F sharp major as a chord so it's yep. like the root that's a very beatles kind of thing to do yeah 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 so this song's doing that i'm gonna put a link in the show notes to um a really good uh website matt blick is the guy's name and he runs a website called beatles songwriting academy oh, i'm yeah. sure i've told you yeah, about this you, before you've talked about it way too much i mean yes you've mentioned to me thank you I'll put a link in there. So if anybody's interested in really neat songwriting, arranging chords, keys, really modern stuff stuff from 50 years ago, sitting at the feet of the masters and stealing their shoes. Yeah. It's a little weird that the Beals came up with so many cool things that long ago. Yeah. And they still work. Yeah. Yeah. Pete brings his falsetto back in lots of force here. Yeah, 
this rapid fire delivery there. It's like he's rapping. Well, yeah, kind of. Who are they? Are they the Red Hot Chili Peppers or what? What's going on? That funky stuff going on. I never thought of that before. But I never really listened to Red Hot Chili Peppers. I never did really either, so I actually don't know. Can but, I name any Red Hot Chili Pepper songs? But with this crazy kind of bass line going on and somebody doing this rapid fire stuff, like, didn't they do that kind of stuff? Like, obviously, I know they got this guy Flea, who's yeah. apparently good on the bass. And I think they do some kind of rappy talky kind of stuff i know they're funky i'm sure that we must know a red hot chili pepper song <laughs> do you call them a red hot chili pepper song <laughs> or is it a red hot chili pepper song i'm not sure but I, i'm wondering i wonder how i could find out oh by listening to music nah, nah. your wife had <laughs> this really good analogy i think she was talking about books uh-oh talking about whether or not to read a, a particular book or not. And she was talking, or a particular author or something like this. And I'm going to relate it to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though I know nothing about them. Some watermelons have too many seeds to make it worth bothering with. Ah. You know what? There might be some good stuff there, but there's too many seeds to bother with. Ah. I've never listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know if there's too many seeds in that watermelon. Yeah, I have no idea either. And you should leave this in to see if we get all kinds of, like, Red Hot Chili Pepper fans, totally angry. I was ready for you to say Red Hot Chili Pepper Flakes. <laughs> flakes. You know, Just see if we get a lot of Red Hot Chili Pepper Flakes. That's what they the fans call themselves. Do they? The Flakes. That's what, I mean, that's what I call them. That's what the podcast is called. Their cool podcast is called... The Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili Pepper, Pepper Flakes. Flakes. We should like do some cross promotion with them. Yeah, I'll we'll look up that podcast. Yeah. Okay, and he's doing some cool screaming. Oh, there's some cool harmonies that start there. And they're adding the fifth. And Rihanna says that's like they're doing like the plagal cadence in the harmony. And the oh. plagal cadence, everybody knows it. It's the Amen. If you hear an old... Amen. Old, yes. Hey, I know that one. Yeah. Even you know that one. Wow. So that must mean everybody knows it. But basically, that's what they're doing there. I want to hear this. So they did the... The plagal cadence. Yeah, a little plagal cadence there for you. And then things just kind of fall apart, which is... Well, no, no. They fall apart, and they just got the... See what I'm doing here? I'm oh, playing the drums. Oh, you're playing the, the air drums again. Yep, yeah, that's right. And I'm not Googling this time. Nope. Okay. Playing the air drums. Yeah. And then the bass comes in, and starts, starts building, building it back it up. up. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. There's some cool stuff. Around 335, 355, mm-hmm. there's some really trippy harmonies, which are like really, like here's the Beatles doing their drug-induced harmonies. The, the kind of harmonies you can only sing when you're high. That's why everybody's so happy in that Earth and Sun, Moon promo video. You don't write and record good music when you're high. Really? Children, listen to Uncle Darren here. Oh. Put down your drugs. Yeah. Put them away. Yeah. Focus 
on being a good musician, a good songwriter, yeah. good lyricist. Do it with a clear head. Okay. The kids might say you're going to be more creative when you're stoned. Yeah. No, you're not. It's not going to help you. Oh. It didn't help the Beatles either. It didn't, eh? They didn't write. They didn't record when they were stoned. No? No. You got, you got proof of this? Yep. Okay. Good. Well, I believe you then. You have proof. Okay. In the show notes. Thank you, Uncle Darren. Good advice, just across the board. It's always good good advice from the kids. For the kids. For for the kids. Yeah. From the kids. Um, I love that, that fuzzy riff, though. Like, this is, we're getting, like, massive fuzziness happening. Are we talking about the farmer? Yeah, that was what I was trying to do. Okay, I was good. going... So that's the fuzzy bass. Well, that that's that's electric guitar. That's what I thought it was. So yeah, but is <laughs> it's not just the, the bass. Ba- the bass a... comes in there and starts doing his business. Doesn't Bones come <laughs> in and start? His business. <laughs> <laughs> Bones Bones comes in, starts doing his business after Rob starts the breakdown, and then Bones comes in oh, yeah, and starts Bones laying down too. some fat nasty bass. <laughs> and then we doing get the... some business, some fat nasty business. <laughs> I didn't say that. And then the fuzzy guitar comes in. Let's yeah. just listen to it all one more time. Okay. There's your fuzz. Yeah, but that's the guitar. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, but I kept saying it's the guitar going rah, 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 and you keep going. Oh, see, see earlier, earlier when you were going, blah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the bass coming in there for the breakdown. Yeah, I'm being an electric guitar. Okay. I want to just mention just a couple drum tom fills. Yeah, there's good stuff in there. And oh, then, that's where there, there's some good bass stuff leading up to that, too. There's okay, so fun little bass stuff. Just yeah. Play that whole thing for them. You can hear the, the, the drum fill yeah, again here, yeah, too. Yeah. Beautimus. And just another one of these falling down the stairs fills. Yeah, and uh, right before that, there's some of this wub wub turnaround, which is like it's slidey based. Did I talk about slidey bass yet? I think this, you have in the past. This album has lots of slidey bass. And when you're doing slidey bass, you're often doing seconds is the way Bones does a lot of his wub wub stuff, slidey slidey, uh, where you're either going from the root note to the second, or you're actually going down two frets, down to the minor seventh, and then slide up to the root. didn't hear it but, but it was there i was anticipating what you were going to hear so maybe he plays it actually in another part of the song well i think ooh, it's ooh, there ooh. i'm just not okay i think i wasn't hearing it under okay. all the other stuff good enough yeah did i say that the chorus is actually switched to b major you didn't they do okay moving on we've got more falsetto oh and that guitar bend right near the end it is off the charts It's like an airplane. And there's some guitar medleys going out there. Oh, and the organ goes, does climbing stuff. Ah. 
There's a lot of ascending organ or ascending piano in this album, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That's a a musical theme, I would say. Mm. Keep your ears open for it, kids. That's all I have to say about music. So, Darren, what is a Renaissance man? Well, when I think of the Renaissance man, I think of Michelangelo. Yeah. Da Vinci. Yeah, Da Vinci. Yeah. Um, I think of like the polymath, the guy who's good yes, at everything. The polymath. You like that? Yeah, you, you got this guy. That out? Yeah, well, I have the word polymath right here. Ah, uh, see, I, I didn't write it down. I just thought of it as you I just was thought talking. of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's he's the guy who's like, he's not the jack of all trades, master of none. He is the master of everything. Like yeah. he is good at it all. Yeah, you he got could, a dude who's not only he's like a genius at oh a genius. He's into math. He's into science. He's into writing. He's into art and poet. Like he yeah. just kind of he'll he does it all. He'll invent stuff. He's he'll just, design stuff. Yeah. Yep. He'll yeah. he has strange sleep patterns. Yes. I happen to be reading a book about genius right now. Oh yeah. What's it's it actually called? pretty interesting. It's called like Divine Fury or something like okay. that. It's like a history of genius, but it's not history of geniuses. It's more history of the idea of the genius okay. and where it came from and how nowadays we might throw that word around easily. But back in the old days, a person wasn't a genius. A genius was actually kind of like a spirit oh, yeah. that kind of came down on certain people. Okay. Yeah. Rather than it's, it's a toll, it's a shift. Yeah, yeah. And so we might retroactively call these dudes geniuses, but that's actually like, uh, what, what's the word where you you, you put the present yep. onto the past? Well, I, uh, there's that word for that. Uh, it's not an anachronism. Yeah, it, it's, it's like that, but yes, yeah. it's not, yeah. So they would not have called a person a genius. Right. But anyway, said, nowadays, that's genius. Yeah. That thing that you thought of, that's genius. Is that how that would work? Well, even it- more, it's like, it's like whether you would account it as as having like a special like an angel mm. or a weird spirit or a demon mm-hmm. for good or for bad. Yep. But the idea was that these people were specially blessed and or cursed, but it wasn't the person himself who's the genius. Anyway, it's it's kind of an interesting yeah. thing to look at. I, I'm I'm only like a third way through the book, but but I'm kind of getting that idea. So here's my question for you then: yeah. even though the song Renaissance Man doesn't talk about genius at all yeah are you kind of bringing some of that into this song I think, or are you seeing some of that in this song i think i am like okay so when we talk about renaissance man there was a, a period yeah. of time yep. called the renaissance the renaissance or the renaissance if yep. if that is how they say it in australia or to say just, how, yeah we'll People say, say, we'll it, say it how we want that's right aluminum or aluminium that's right etc etc kookaburra yeah, I thought I said... You said co- it right. He's th- just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I, kookaburra. You, you got it, and I said kookaburra. Yeah, we were... I, and what, we were joking around. Were we joking around? We were joking around. The yeah. concept of genius that you're reading about in the book. Yeah. And you know how it kind of comes upon a person, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like a good spirit, bad spirit type thing. Yeah. How are you reading that into the song? I guess I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that, that comes to mind when you hear this term renaissance man... Um, you're thinking about these these very special people that kind of changed history, sure, right? Yep, that had influenced. a new understanding of things. Yeah, they that's right, and they helped shape that new world. Yeah, so that's why I've kind of wondered about is it's 
are you a Renaissance man? Are you a Renaissance woman? Yep. If you, well. Oh, if you jump, an angel will give you wings. Yeah. Right? So, so this is like, that's like a leap of faith. Yes. Right? That's a very, yep. like, literal, or not literal, that's, that's, it's poetic, but it's, <laughs> yep. it's, it's an obvious phrase that comes to mind. So this song really seems to me to be about, uh, very much about faith. And I know the things you can't see, mm-hmm. they are hard to believe. Yep. So, and so that's about faith jumping out. Uh, if you jump, the angel will give you wings. That's about faith. And again, there's all these contrasts. You've got spirit, dreams, yep. earth, faith, all being mentioned. And that's kind of on one side. And they're cast away the greed, the death machine, the bites, spelt the way a computer Yeah, computer bites, bites and abacus. Yeah, an abacus and light. So you've got greed and technology and whatever the death machine is on one side. And on the other side, you have faith, earth, dreams, spirit. So this seems to be about having the faith to make a difference in the world, to yeah. to change this world. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering where you were going with Sorry. faith. Yeah, no, forever. that's okay. Yeah. I was I was just kind of curious to know where you were going to go with faith in that because I hadn't quite got that out of the song, but I I totally got the they're kicking you at the end. They're asking you, the listener, are you going to be one of these type of people that sees how things are different, who can bring about a new understanding of things, a positive understanding of things, a more correct understanding of things, and go forward and even go through the the sometimes persecution that comes along with bringing these new ideas into a world that isn't quite ready for them. But somebody's got to bring them by, right? Yeah. They're asking us, are we going to... Are you going to do like the good things, the right things, um, that perhaps the tough things um, that need to be done in the world? Hold on to dreams tonight was was one of the things that I had highlighted just yeah, because that. they they mention it all all the time in yeah. the song, and I wasn't even necessarily thinking of you know your hopes and your dreams kind of dreams, but like just under like you come to this understanding of something or you know what's right and you want to bring it forward. Hold on to that dream of bringing forward, doing the right thing. Yeah, dreams is a recurring word on this album as well as mm-hmm. truth. And yeah, holding on to those dreams, that to me is the same as faith, right? Like if you have a dream or you have an idea, yeah. but it's it's only a dream, right? It's not... It's not an actuality it's yet. It's not an actuality yet. And I think it takes faith or whatever word you want to use to to make it happen yeah, persistent persistent yeah it yeah. takes a bunch of things but you have to have that hope or that faith yeah to believe enough to keep and for it to matter enough for you to get there yeah yeah cool hey robin do you think now would be a good time to take a break sure darren i'm always ready for a break <laughs> from you <laughs> You know how on the last episode, part one, I said, tune in next time where you'll hear Robin say. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> We've got Groovalicious, Shake It On Down, Get Stoned, Put On Your Paisley. Kids, don't get stoned. Don't get stoned. Put on your, your Paisley bell bottoms. Where did Uncle Darren go? It, we get past midnight and <laughs> Uncle Darren's gone. And Good Times Folds. is Good Times Folds. <laughs> 
Yeah, Good Time Folds is here. Okay, kids, get stoned. It's past midnight. The good times are here. So we'll be back with more Comfortable Place on the Couch and Earth and Sun and Moon soon. Visit the website for show notes, darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. You can find us on the Twitters at Darren the Folds and at Robin Harbrin. For Robin Harbrin, I'm Darren Folds. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night.